Welcome to Beer and Ray Guns, the podcast where two kind of old guys crack a cold one, talk a little sci-fi, a little sci-fact, and try to answer the age-old question of our generation. Where are the replicators? Man, I want me some replicators. I want me some T. Earl Grey hot right now. <laughs> yep. I want bottomless fries, and I want the... And I want the replicator to take all the, f- the fat out of them so that I can just eat endless <laughs> calorie-free fries. Uh, that's funny because um, when I first got my, my, my first Keurig, I put the little cup in it and I pulled the handle down and hit the button and said, coffee, black, hot. <laughs> <laughs> to which it replied, I'm sorry, Brent, I can't do that. And you went, no, no, wrong franchise. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no and 3d printers are closed and, and we're kind of on topic for what we're going to talk about tonight but first things first we got to get we, we, we got to do the brew we got to do the brews so what's you what's you brewing tonight well tonight i am continuing my trek down the dark side of the spectrum and yeah. i have myself a for pete's sake Imperial Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout from Duclaw. I basically is like, how can you combine a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup and alcohol? (laughs) And Duclaw went, how about this? (laughs) Two great tastes that taste great together. Beer, beer, beer. Yeah, the claw said, hold my bear. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Uh, All right, how uh, about you? Yeah, yeah. I am I'm I'm back to the sixteen oh five, the the red from from Antietam Brewery. I, I, I like my Irish red. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a nice afternoon. It's kinda cool down here right now. We got a nice breeze coming off the river and it, it's nice. So so it Very works nice. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it's been a hot, uh, muggy day up here, so I've been indoors all day. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I had to go to Annapolis today, and it was, oh, God, horrible. And we're not even to the heat wave yet. Ugh. No, no. No, this yeah, is you still... Think some, uh, you'd think some of that science fiction tech would eventually evolve into weather modifications, but we're not there yet. <laughs> well, you know, it occurred to me that in a... Air conditioning itself is pretty science fictional when you stop and think about it, but I don't know if there was ever, I don't think science fiction goes back far enough to where there's a story about people who have, you know, they, and they walked into the room and it was cool and dry and, and readers were like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Why don't we have that? So, you know, I, Air conditioning is science fictional, but it's science factual. Uh, but but you, you raised an interesting question, and and I'm not sure if this is 100 percent fact, but we're going to declare it fact on beer and ray guns. Air conditioning was invented to make beer. <laughs> I think that you could probably find plenty of evidence to support I'm that. Yes, pretty sure it was because it was invented by a by a by a German inventor, and they wanted to be able to brew lager year round. And the only way that they could ferment lager was to keep it below, what, 52, 54 degrees. So they invented right. refrigeration, which ultimately, I think, led to 
led to air conditioning, although there might have been a factory involved someplace that made steel. But, hey, we've got our beer and ray guns myth going now. <laughs> I think, yeah, it covers both the beer and the ray guns part of our show. <laughs> I, you know what? I I think we hit the sweet spot there. This is air conditioning is the official technology of beer and ray guns. <laughs> uh, yes, you see how easy it is to spread misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Britain, well, Paul said boy. it was. <laughs> and in about a half an hour, Wikipedia is going to say so too, and we know that's going to be accurate. Yeah, I'll just let me just log in and change that. <laughs> uh, so, so, oh, yeah. so tonight's topic from the vast library of topics <laughs> from the pulled from the nether regions of the rectum of inspiration in our usual last minute effort to uh, bring you quality programming is. Yeah, what was shall that I like? say it or shall you say it? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, all right. Is technology in science fiction predictions that have come true and that haven't come true, and just how good is science fiction at inspiring people to invent and create and discover things? Is there a is there a causal connection or is it is it more correlative? than causal. I think it's absolutely causal. I think a lot of technologies can be drawn straight to that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I remember reading a story years ago about, um, uh, this, this engineer with NASA that was working on an ion propulsion system and yeah. And he credited it back to watching Star Trek as a kid. Apparently I can't, can't remember what episode it was, but, uh, Scotty was on the bridge and they, they identified this, this alien vessel and, and somebody said it was, uh, ion propulsion. And he goes, Oh, that's very sophisticated captain. <laughs> well, that was one of the things I appreciated about the original Star Trek. Certainly. Um, and, and that's just because I've read a lot more of the, the, you know, backstory, Mm-hmm. on how the show was created and written um, was that, you know, there, there was a real effort to be plausible within the bounds of storytelling necessity. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. a ship that goes faster than light and transporters and all that stuff are, you know, that's required for storytelling, but you know, they tried to pick stars that would, you know, astronomers thought would have a reasonable chance of supporting earth like planets. And they tried to propose technologies that, you know, could be extrapolated from modern understandings. And, and, you know, that, that's, I always, I always thought that was really neat that they wanted to make it, you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't like lost in space. Right, 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 right. But, but it has inspired things. And now there's, there's legitimate physicists that are scratching their heads going, Hey, the, the, this war bubble thing might be legit. Look at look at what we just did, and wow. you know there there are experiments where they have created these temporary warp bubbles, or they they've demonstrated that creating a warp bubble is actually possible. And oh, wow. then the um, experiments that were done uh, a few years ago that they transported a photon, I think it was, 
they moved it from one spot to another. It was it was really. I mean, right. we're into levels of physics that I'm like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Give me some crowns. <laughs> <laughs> can you? Yeah. Can you give me the graphic? You know, the graphic novel version of it. The manga version. Yeah, but I mean, there's a. I don't think it's DARPA, but I know. Um, I, I know there was one agency that was actually s- seriously looking at at warp technology and 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 building ships that that could essentially fly, travel extremely fast in space, and they actually had a model that they released years ago, maybe four or five at most, that actually looked like a potential version of the enterprise it was a saucer section with this tube that came back and this big round thing in the back where the, I re- you remember seeing yeah i that? remember seeing that illustration yeah yeah, yeah. i was like oh so oh, maybe they weren't cool. so far off after all yeah maybe yeah 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 ron ronberry was a prophet yep. yeah and and um and so were a lot of the writers who contributed to the show i mean that was one mm-hmm. of the neat things was that it wasn't just the show's creators. It was also the writers who came in bringing their own ideas and they had the freedom to run with them. Like, mm-hmm. um, um, and I had an example that just went blip right out of my head. Of course, that's what happens when you drink, when you drink Reese's peanut butter cups <laughs> mixed with alcohol. Oh. But if we want to go back even further, there's a classic old pulp story that basically predicted television, you know, the, the, the idea of radio, radio pictures, radio pictures. Like, oh, yeah. what a crazy, what a crazy concept. That'll never happen. <laughs> and, you know, like reading, reading, getting your newspaper from your radio, you know, you're, you're, you're in, in, in 1975, in the far distant future of 1975, you will be able to read your newspaper through your radio, your hi-fi radio. It's like, well, you know, kinda. Yeah, it's kinda, called podcasting. That's the internet. That's podcasting. Yeah. In, in the far off future of 2022, you will be able to listen to old men drink and talk about their favorite pretend stories. <laughs> wow, that sounds utopian. Yeah, Sign uh, me up for that. There, there we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's been a lot of science fiction stories and shows, just just you know, not not singling out Star Trek that also all showed data being moved around on sticks or cards or crystals. Sure. They showed tablets or some kind of device that was being handed around and maybe written on or information was displayed on it. And it's, it's all got to fit into the inspiration. And I think it comes from the point where the writer gets that freedom that the engineer, the physicist and the scientist don't necessarily have. And then yeah. the scientists get in, and then the engineers get inspired. Well, the scientists, I guess, would come first, get inspired with it and go, hey, could 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 that physically work? And then we're like, yeah, I think we can. And then the engineers go, yeah, we can do that. And then the designers come in and go, yeah, we can make it look like this. And then, you know, corporate comes in and screws it all up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they, they, they put it, they, they want to make it available in, in, 26 different colors and 
manufactured out of the cheapest possible part. <laughs> yes. And then marketing yeah. comes along and, oh, forget it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can we sell it? <laughs> we should give it to the world. It'll benefit everybody. No, we're going to sell it. <laughs> we got to make money off of it. No, it's funny because like one of the things that you can do when you're writing fiction is you can show, you can invent a technology that you need as a necessity for the story, mm -hmm. like um, like HAL 9000. Yeah. And you can show it, you have the, you have the luxury in, in fiction of showing it being perfectly natural, perfectly in an ordinary setting and being, you know, part of the furniture even. And it, that's, it, it, it's almost like you're prototyping, you're not prototyping the technology, but you're prototyping the usefulness of mm -hmm. it. You're, you're showing that, you know, here, here's a thing that would fill a purpose if it existed. Mm -hmm. Here, I got one for you and it's kind of the reverse the the reverse of this um over the over the weekend i ran across an article that was i think it was in the washington post um that in, that an engineer with google i think he ultimately ended up losing his job um thought that the google one of the google's ais had become sentient yes i saw that yeah and they were they had posted some of the conversation that he was having with the with the AI, it was apparently uh, through a through a messenger client, so it was all text based. And as I'm reading this, I'm to like the third interaction between him and the AI, and all I can hear is Hal's voice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm like, uh, this could get real bad real quick. <laughs> In the mid eighties, when I was working in a bookstore, I was working for a bookstore chain that no longer exists, Walden Books. And I was in I had volunteered to be in charge of the, maintaining the science fiction section. What a surprise. Mm -hmm. And David Gerald, who was among other things that, you know, came to fame as a Star Trek writer. Uh, had reissued a novel that he had written many years earlier called When Harley Was One. This was When Harley Was One, Release 2.0. And I had never heard of it before, but I knew who David Gerald was. And it's like, oh, I got to read this. So I, I, I bought it. I actually still have my copy up, up on my bookshelf. And um, it's a story about an AI that becomes sentient. And all the things that come from it. And when I was reading the transcript, you know, you went, oh my God, it's, you could hear it in Hal's voice. I was reading it in, uh, it, he, he sounded like Harley to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was very, very prescient. Uh, and, uh, you know, considering Gerald wrote it in, I think it was the 70s and then reissued it in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And he updated it for, you know, the advent of home computers, you know, which, you know, in the 80s, you know, we're talking, you know, like Apple IIs and, oh, wow. and you know, PCs with, you know, 
386. So, you know, but still here, you know, he was looking ahead to when a 386 <laughs> might become sentient. And well, it did it was, have more computing it, it, power than the space shuttle. <laughs> well, you know, that is absolutely true. That is true. But my, my, my granddaughter has toys that have more computing power than that 386 now. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, it, it's it's a, it, it's one of those things that you look back on and go, how did, how did I manage to do so much with so little? <laughs> I mean, I know I, we're old enough that we both remember what it was like before computers when the most sophisticated computer you could have might be a Texas Instruments scientific calculator. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Or, or the Radio Shack Trash 80. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> With big old you know, floppy drives. <laughs> love that computer. My school had a couple of hand-me-downs of the, and I just... You know, they were in the library because nobody else knew where to, you know, they didn't know where else to put them. So, yeah. you know, every break I was over in the library playing with the Trash 80. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we, we had an Apple IIe upstairs in the library that you had to get special permission to even look <laughs> at. And I got to play with that a couple times. And then my last, I think it was my last or second to last year of high school, we got a computer lab. And it had like, um, I think we had like 12 oh TRS 80s in the lab and they were starting to teach Not basic Commodore programming. 64s. Nope. No Commodore 64s, but they were starting to teach basic programming, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I was, I, I was taking a basic class and I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. I can tell this thing what to do and it won't complain. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, it's complaining now. What did it, why won't it stop? Why won't this thing stop? syntax error (laughs) yeah but it was the coolest thing ever you know and then i I, you know life goes on and i get out of coding but i i do kind of i do kind of miss it um i can't imagine you know just the little bit that i know from from way back then what it takes to to code something that could think or even act like it thinks hell i had enough trouble just writing code to print hello world (laughs) (laughs) 15 go to 10. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I took a, I remember vividly that I took a, I, probably in like my sophomore year, I took the, the local library had a summer class they were offering in, in computer programming, basic programming. And, um, my project was to make it play the twilight zone theme. Oh, and that was the that was about as sophisticated as I ever got with computing. But uh. <laughs> I did I did, however, write a write a small basic program that calculated very basic chemical equilibrium. Ended up winning uh, computer science division, I think, that year at at, at high school. Um, Dang, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Here I, mean, I, I am I thought all it was proud cool, of my music. Yeah, and, and and I'm you know tech head, and you know this oh this is cool, this is going to be the future, and then. You know, never, never back in the mid '80s did I ever imagine, you know, walking around with a device in my hand that I, I can, 
I can send messages. I can broadcast to the world in or having a watch on my arm that can monitor my heart rate. Right. That was crazy right. stuff. I mean, that was total Star Trek stuff with the. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it's the tricorder, yes. you know, the, your, your cell phone is like the tricorder and you know, you remember in Star Trek, the motion picture, they had those little black belt buckles. Yeah. Those are supposed to be, I found out later, those are supposed to be like health monitors. Oh, cool. And so now you've got like a Fitbit that, you know, will track your heartbeat and your heart rate and your number of steps. And it's like, turns out you don't wear it on your belly. You wear it on your wrist. Yeah. 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 I had to go get um, an image done of my um, sinuses today. And which is why I was in Annapolis. But uh, long story short is, you know, I walk in and, you know, here's this machine and they lay you down in it and they slide you inside. And two or three minutes later, they have an absolutely detailed picture of everything inside your head or whatever part of their body they happen to be scanning. And, right. you know, that is, <laughs> that's unreal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ability to see inside you know, what, what, what's inside you is just, I mean, you know, how many generations of people have gone have lived and died and not been able to know that. And, you know, consequently how many lives have been saved because of that ability. I mean, it's just medical science, I think, you know, is, has benefited so much from that. And a lot of that, I think, you know, when when we when we talk about how science fiction has influenced technology and science, we are always thinking about, uh, you know, flying cars and yeah. computers and cell phones. But you know, I mean, don't forget Star Trek. The the in sick bay, you you know the beds. Star Trek influenced right. Star Trek influenced medical science as much as it did other sciences, because you know it's like wow, a, a diagnostic bed that can give you a readout of all your vital signs in real time. Yeah. We need something like that. Yeah. And now we do. We're real. We are real close to it. I mean, I, I, there's gotta be something. There's gotta be some kind of tech someplace or something being experimented with or, or in development right now where you just do simply lay down on a table and it starts to gather all that information. Cause I mean, we can, we can do a lot of it just by, having a watch on your wrist and shooting, you know, light through your arm to get, um, you know, heart rate or to monitor heart right. rate and get, uh, O2 levels and, and, and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, but I know. isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. There's there, and just by, have, just by shining a light on your wrist. Somebody yes. had to think of that. Yes. Somebody had to get like, I mean, it's like, okay, if you wear a watch, you know, how can you tell somebody's, you know, how can you tell your heartbeat or your oxygen level? And somebody went, you know, I read this paper somewhere a long time ago about green light. And it's like, oh, my. Somebody yeah. had to think of that and put those things together. And that's just, oh, my gosh. How yeah. come you don't have a Nobel Prize? <laughs> or, you know, just laying down on this bed without this big magnet or this big imaging device around you and just laying down on this thing and having real-time CT scans or real-time MRIs. And, and, and I think we're pretty doggone close to it right now. I mean, I've seen I some. I hope so. so. I've seen some kind of things develop, little little things here and there. I've called on the web. 
Uh, and I'm like, no, oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of interesting. I remember years ago, this was probably 10, 12 years ago. There was, um, uh, when I was, uh, was an EMT, we were, you know, we, we get salespeople that come in all the time. And the, this, this guy was trying to sell us a portable, um, sonogram device that we could carry in the ambulance. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was just like, portable just like sonogram. Yeah. You just like wave the wand over something and you can like, you know, get a sonogram or something. And I'm like, no, dude, it was, it was like, we are, we are, we are basics and we, we, we know because I know how that will end for with, when I no no. <laughs> oh, I thought it was because that's witchcraft. That's <laughs> no. not natural. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah that and the, it's um, like Dr. McCoy waving his little salt shaker. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. 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 It was that. And then, uh, uh, there were some jurisdictions down South that would, uh, that let that, um, EMTs use the uh, nitrous oxide, um, to, cool. for pain killing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, once you remove from it, it doesn't leave anything in your body, which is, which is really cool. And and really kind of high tech, but um, I was like, no, no, we no. Uh, have you met the people in here? We'll be refilling that thing every week. Yeah, that that give me a hit, man. Well, you know, that's an interesting concept. That's an interesting twist on this theme. Here is that when yeah. science fiction predicts cool new technologies, new science, new advancements, it often doesn't a lot of times it doesn't really think through the potential consequences for those things in society like so starting in the 80s probably with cyberpunk yeah. you started having authors thinking about the the real implications of of technology you had Attack. like Ursula Le Guin who was thinking about it from you know from the macro societal level mm -hmm. and then you had the cyberpunk people who were thinking about it from like you know if if this if you were to if if people started having access to this thing mm -hmm. what what would they likely you know what how would that likely change society or or how would people start behaving differently mm -hmm. and science fiction hadn't really thought about that before then mhm mm well, I, I mean, I, I think it kind of, it, yeah, because I don't think we really had, I mean, Star Trek had some issues with addiction and stuff like that, but not like we started to see in the eighties when we, when we, when we, when we, with Blade Runner, I mean, it there was the, go. it was sure. the underscore of uh Blade Runner that, you know, was, 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 um, all about that. I mean, it was sold on the street. They were genetic engineers. You could buy whatever you wanted. And, and then you had William Gibson in the Neuromancer. And I mean, that was, that was all about crazy tech. Yeah. 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 That, that basically ushered in an era of people looking at, at the ramifications of technology and, and making that an, a part of, the storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now that I think about that, though, there were quite a few Next Generation episodes that dealt with that and with addiction. Remember the little sure. one, the the thing that they, they, they got in their eyes? The, the, the game. The game. And then... Yeah, Google Glass. With, yeah, with, and then with, the yeah. whole underlying concept that, that just extended through the series for, for several seasons of the holodeck. Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. And all of yeah, and all of the consequences thereof, like falling in love and with with non-real people. I mean, you know, basically the holodeck, you know, holodeck's anonymous. You got Will Riker and Jordy LaForge, you know, they never miss a meeting. And, you know, you you get Barkley showing up every now and then. Oh man! Yeah, that, those must be really fun meetings. You know, <laughs> and and I, if if we're talking about extrapolating the societal impacts, I've got to throw in a plug here for one of the what I think is one of the top five greatest science fiction films of all time, and I will fight anyone <laughs> uh, over this, and that's Gattaca. Oh. Yeah. It's a the premise of Gattaca is if you have cheap and readily available genetic engineering, mm-hmm. what does that do to your society? Mm-hmm. And they basically took it out, you know, 25, 30 years mm-hmm. and said, okay, this is, you know, 25, 30 years ago, we started messing around with genetic engineering and making it widely available. What will happen to society? Go. And then you have Gattaca, which is, mm-hmm. as well as an incredibly beautiful movie, stunningly photographed, great acting. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, top notch everything in that movie. Even the music is amazing. You also have some really, really thought provoking human relationship analysis going on. I mean, this is all about how humans can and can't trust each other. Will they, how they will relate to each other, the new classes that will inevitably form. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is, it's, you know, you, you have a new outclass. You have, you have a new cast of untouchables. I mean, human, this movie dared to say that technology will not make us better. It will just, stratify us along the old lines that we've always stratified each other by ourselves Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. just give us more technology to do it with. Mm -hmm. And that was a very ballsy thing to say. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And also make it not dystopian. I mean, (laughs) so many times when you see a society that's really malfunctioning, it's everybody's driving everyone's driving around in you know in old chevys with armor plate and they're all wearing tattered clothes in a post-apocalyptic hellscape gaddock is beautiful everybody is dressed really well and the cars are cool and the technology is elegant and lovely and it just adds to and everybody's wearing fedoras it all the men are and it just you know it's like my god evil can be elegant and that's that's kudos to them for for cha- challenging that vision of what a dystopia should look like. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of genetic engineering, uh, we 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 can't can't go say anything about it without talking about Jurassic Park and how that crap is actually going to happen one day. Jurassic Park, you know? It, <laughs> yeah, I I I fear that that actually might come to pass and talk about a dystopian, you know, future. I mean, just imagine living in a world of what are we up to Jurassic park 25 now? What's the one with like 
was it Chris Pratt on a motorcycle or yeah, something yeah, no, running no. with velociraptors? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, live yeah, in that with, world. Yeah, with velociraptors running all over the place, we're going to have to have armor-plated Chevys. <laughs> Oh, so it'll be it'll be just like Mad Max then. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> just as long, you know, I I don't care how we get there. I just there there there's your question, the age old question of our generation. Where's my armor plated Chevy? <laughs> oh, it's Tina Turner going to sing it at the all full circle there. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Is Tina Turner really going to sing at the Thunderdome? Way to bring it full circle, yeah, guys. No doubt. All right. Let's, 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 I'm looking at the time here. Let's kind of wrap this up with the final, the final question. Is there any piece of tech out there that, 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 that you, you deal with every day that you, you know had to come from some sci-fi story? Not the technology, but the form factor of the technology would uh-huh. be um, would be my cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, sure, we had phones before, and yeah, we even had w- phones that you were portable, you know, quote unquote portable. But when when Steve Jobs gave us the flat panel glass screen with no buttons on it. Mm-hmm that's when the cell phone became went straight from science fiction to my pocket. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. How and, about you? Yeah. 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 And, and, and I definitely have to agree with you, but, but I think for me, it's more infrastructure related and <laughs> fiber optics. The, that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. That we yep. can transmit stuff on a beam of light at the speed of light, well, almost, through this thin hair of a wire. (laughs) Absolutely true. And, you know, it's easy to forget about fiber optic, but, yeah, no, you know what? I Hands down, yep. All right. Yeah, if fiber optic is very science fictional, the, the idea that it's all coming to you on beams of light, I mean, it, that is, that sounds like something out of a pulp story. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And we use it to get our pulp stories or other stories or <laughs> misinformation about where refrigerators and air conditioners came from. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought of it this way, but you know the old adage about the... Uh, a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth can get its boots on, as Mark Twain is reputed to have said. Thanks to fiber optics, a lie can get you know halfway to the moon or halfway out of the solar system before the truth can even boot up. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, so I'm let sure. that be a cautionary tale to yeah, us all. Yeah, I, I'm sure Mr. Twain would have uh, quite an interesting view of 2022. <laughs> oh gosh. Can you imagine? Oh, oh, uh, all right. Well, that is all we have for this episode. Please join us next time when we're going to be talking about something that we just, 
figured out a few hours before we hit the big red record button. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, we, it, we can't be more organized than that. No, no, no. And if it wasn't for technology, none of this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right.